Today's episode is a recording of a live stream I did with Brooke Fouts of Vintori last week. And it's a fascinating discussion about the metrics of owner acquisition and retention. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. As ever, I'm delighted to be here with you. Fall has come. The leaves are down. We had some amazing colours over the last couple of weeks. The fall colours up here in our area near Algonquin Park are just fantastic. You just, you, you until you actually see them in real life, those photos just... Yeah, they're pretty, but oh my gosh, to go out on a drive and see all those colours is just phenomenal. However, there is a price to pay and it's called raking because raking comes before shoveling and shoveling will be here very shortly. So I don't mind if I have to rake a few leaves up, a few bags and bags and bags of them. But that's, uh, that's a task for the fall. Another task for this fall is to get our brand new website populated. As you know, we've just launched our new website. I'm so excited about it. Another shout out for Real Tech Web Services for for just doing the most amazing, amazing job on our site. And thank you so much to Sean, our developer, for putting up with a gazillion emails from me every day. Well, not quite a gazillion, but certainly multiple emails from me every day because I never really did get around to that discipline of putting it all on one email. It would just, something would cross my mind and it was like, oh, hi, Sean, and another thing. And he never once lost his patience. And that's from beginning to end of this process. He never lost his patience with me once. And I don't know whether I'm a demanding client. Probably not. I think we did the job as we were supposed to do. We did the research. We did a lot of of looking around on other sites and seeing what we liked and then asking Sean if it was possible to have that feature on our site. And mostly the answer was yes. And and I love a company I can work with where you get a lot of yeses. So yeah, so that's that's my job over the fall actually is to is to continue building the content on our website because I want to make it this uh, great resource for anybody planning a vacation in our area. Okay, something else we're doing this fall is really working on our owner acquisition because we lost a lot of properties this year. We lost properties from owners who decided that they just didn't want the hassle of renting anymore, particularly during COVID. We have owners who decided that they're going to move into their properties, come out of the city, move up to the country. And I quite understand that because it's been really nice being in an area that's had over the course of the six or seven months, we've had 13 cases of COVID-19. And really, a non in the last couple of weeks, even while the numbers are just going up massively in the city. So I can completely understand why people do want to get out and, uh, and move to the country. 
So what that has meant is that our inventory has gone down. And although we've just had the best year ever, we want to make sure this momentum carries on through to 2021. And in the last few weeks, I've been working with Brooke Fouts of Vintori on our owner acquisition strategy. And I've often thought about this, you know, could we get somebody in to help us out? And I'm just so glad we did this. In the three weeks we've been working on the research phase, my eyes have just been opened so wide as to what we could have been doing and we haven't been doing and what we can do. So I wanted to do a live stream with Brooke and talk through the metrics of owner acquisition. You know, all the numbers that are involved, which make you actually, they're hugely motivating once you lay them out. And they're also very simple. And for somebody who is number dyslexic, like I am, the number 10 comes up a lot and I can work with 10, 10%, 10,000, 100,000, etc. And he does talk about that. So for any of you that are interested, it doesn't matter if you've only got one property, but if you think at some point in the future, you want to go into property management, then you need to listen to this. Because if you start right now, with the type of understanding of metrics that Brooke brings, then you're going to be in a much better place in 18 years time than we are now, uh, having not done any of this in the last 18 years. So without further ado, let's move on over to my discussion with Brooke Fouts of Vintory. Hey guys, thank you for joining me. If you're joining us, if you're joining us on Facebook, if you are listening to us on the podcast, thanks very much for tuning in. If you are looking at this on YouTube after the fact, you know, thanks very much for being here. We are talking today about metrics. And one of the biggest reasons why is that over the last six months or so, I've been talking to Brooke and we've been talking about owner acquisition because we've approach this in a really ad hoc fashion for the last 18 years. And we've done okay. You know, we've we've built our property company up to, at one point, it was around 200 properties. We're now back down to around 160 through a, a ton of things, culling for one. I might talk to you about that, Brooke. And, you know, natural churn, etc. But as far as getting new owners is concerned, it is very ad hoc. You know, you asked me, Brooke, about how we did this. How do you go about getting your new owners? And I sort of went silent for uh, <laughs> a minute and I thought, yeah, they come to us out of the blue. <laughs> we'll get a telephone call and maybe some, you know, referrals, et cetera, but we don't have a strategy for it. So, right. Brooke, you helped me at the outset by, you know, sharing some information on, I mean, well, I, I saw you at the uh, VRMA conference last November and, and that, when I, that's the presentation in New Orleans. And yep. um, yep. that was a fantastic presentation. So I'm going to stop talking say hello and get you to introduce yourself a bit more. I'm just so excited about this because I'm going to go and tell everybody what you know, Ventoria doing for, for our company at the moment and what's making me this excited. But over to you, Brooke, introduce yourself, yeah. those who don't sure. know you. Well, thanks for thanks for having me, Heather. So yeah, my name is Brooke Fouts. I own a company called Ventory, and Ventory is a sales and marketing and technology platform that helps professional vacation rental managers grow their inventory. 
So that's all we do. We focus on one thing and one thing only, and that's uh, owner acquisition or inventory acquisition. So we're not focused on OTAs and guests and you know operations. We know where our niche is, and then we focus on helping uh, professional managers grow their, their inventory. And uh, I think what we're going to be talking about today specifically is really just metrics and, you know, inventory, you know, metrics and, uh, you know, why it's important. Now, some people out there that are analytical will probably absolutely love this and dig into it and probably listen to it multiple times. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that maybe aren't super analytical that maybe get bored by this. So I'm apologizing in advance for those people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not super analytic. I am, you know, I am so right brained. I'm off the charts. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) <laughs> so okay, well, when I, if you enjoy it, then then, I, then we're good, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So just to let you know, guys, for those of you who are watching live on Facebook, you can comment, and I can show your comments on the screen. Thanks, Robert, for your for your comment. You're obviously here. We've got a couple of other Ria and Justin. Good to have you here, Justin, as well. And. If you've got questions, if anybody's got questions, just uh, let us know and uh, and we will tackle them at some point. Okay, so let's just have a quick kickoff with what the metrics of owner acquisition actually are. What does it actually mean? <laughs> well, I guess the first thing is m- most vacational managers, and we've done this dozens and dozens of times, you know, really don't dig into kind of the metrics and the the value of a new property into their rental program. They haven't gone through the math of, you know, what is a new property add, you know, to my bottom line each year and how long do they stay in my, in my program? What is your lifetime value? And if you remember, Heather, we kind of went through this exercise with you and, you know, I think you said the same thing. You're like, oh my gosh, I've never actually gone through this exercise to see what the true value of a new property is into my, my rental program. And that's, that's kind of where we start. What does a new property add to your bottom line, you know, each and every year? And what's the lifetime value of that? So, okay. And we did this. You asked me this question. I had, I don't know. So how do you calculate that? How do you calculate the lifetime value of a new property into a rental program? Now, oh, just before you answer, I just want to mention that Brooke does have a 10, 10 minute, 15 minute video. 10 minute, yep. That actually it's a presentation on this. And I'm going to put that presentation into the Facebook group. So you can take a look at it there. You can go to the YouTube channel uh, when we get this up and you'll see it just down below. And it will be on the show notes for those of you who are listening on the podcast. So basically, uh, Brooke's going to talk us through what's in that uh, presentation. And the first thing is, is this calculation. Lifetime value, right? So everybody should know what a new property adds to their to their bottom line. And what I found, you know, over the years is the average margins, like what is the net profit of a property is usually about 10% of the gross booking revenue. So for example, if you have a property doing 50,000 in gross booking revenue, usually 10% is what falls to the bottom line. And I've asked this question well over a hundred times, and that is usually the, the number. Sometimes it's 8%. In some cases I've seen it as high as 20%, but realistically 10% percent is kind of that number. So again, a property that does 50,000 in gross booking revenue times 10%, your first year profit is going to be about 5,000. So, you know, $5,000 per year, right? And the thing is, you don't keep a property in your in your rental program for one year, right? I'm sure you've had some Heather that have been in your rental program since you started, right? And I'm sure you have you do have some that maybe churn after one or two years because they sell the property, they retire to the property. But what you want to do is you want to figure out how long does the average property as a whole stay in my rental program 
And the best way to calculate this, and this is actually coming from a SaaS metric, a software as a service metric, it's called churn. So what percentage of your inventory do you churn in an annual basis? So Heather, let's just say you had 100 properties in your rental program, and on average, you lost 10 of those, you would have a 10% churn. Well, to calculate how many years on average you report, and you usually want to do that over like maybe a two to three year period to just kind of get out any kind of irregularities. Um, But if you take that number and you take one divided by your churn percentage, that'll tell you how long on average you will keep a property in your rental program. So again, sticking with this example of 10%, if you take one divided by 10%, that comes out to 10 years. So the average property in your rental program, you will stay in your rental program for 10 years. So, you know, if we've got a a $5,000 in profit in year one, we keep a a property for 10 years. That's a $50,000 lifetime value of that one property. So just think of that. If you sign up one property, if you go out and go on an appointment and you're meeting with, uh, you know, this potential owner and you decide to sign them up, think of that as not as just new one, one new owner. Think of it as $50,000 potentially in profits to your company. And that's pretty significant if you look at it that way. So here's a little hack, though, that I've learned. The average margins are 10% and the average churn is usually about 10%. So if, in all the companies that I've you know met with. So if that's the case, it kind of is interesting how it works out. Whatever the gross book revenue is for that property, as assuming those assumptions, that's what the net profits over the lifetime will be. So if you sign up a new property that's going to do $100,000 in gross booking revenue, you can look at it as lifetime value to you and profits is $100,000. So it's just an easy way to get to the, the bottom line. Yeah, I like that 10 because <laughs> I, I I have number dyslexia. <laughs> so <laughs> 10 is a nice number for me to work with. I usually pass anything uh, to do with numbers over to somebody else. Um, so I quite like that, using that as an average. You talk about in the presentation CAC. Can you explain what that is? Yes. So CAC. CAC stands for Customer Acquisition Costs. So, you know, knowing how much it costs you to, you know, sign up a new property is is pretty important, right? So let's just do kind of walk through an example. And I do this in the presentation. You know, let's say you send out a thousand postcards and it costs you just to make the numbers easy, a dollar per postcard. You've got a thousand dollar investment in your marketing campaign here, Right. And let's assume that you get about a one half of 1% response rate, which is actually what the Direct Marketing Association says is the average response rate on direct mail. That'll, you know, that'll give you, uh, and then you go from there and let's just say you convert 20% of those calls that come in. So, well, I'm sorry, a thousand letters, a half of 1% response rate will give us five uh, leads, five inbound leads. And let's just say you close 20% of your leads that come in. So that'll net you one deal. So now we've spent $1,000 to get one deal. So what's our CAC? Our CAC is $1,000. Now that may sound like a lot of money. Oh my gosh, $1,000 to get a new you know property into my rental program. But if your first year margins are $5,000, you know, you've made a pretty significant ROI you know, right off the bat in year one. I think this was the huge eye opener for me, Brooke. When, when we started working with, with Venturi, that I hadn't looked at it like this. And I was, you know, you, you asked about how much does it cost to get a property? And I really hadn't thought about it. And it, within the company, we talked about different avenues to get new, uh, new properties. And some of them were figured out quite costly. And, mm-hmm. But 
only when you start looking at this lifetime value of that property and and the fact that you know you talk about how many months it takes to recover the CAC. And, you know, if it's a thousand dollars, you know, how many months is it going to take to re- to recover that? And then you look at it over the lifetime, maybe the next five years. After that, everything. Oh yeah. Is, it, is profit. absolutely. So if you can get your, you know, your your CAC recovery or months to recover CAC, realistically, if you can get it under 12 months. So think of it as year one, you're just breaking even. Okay. All I'm doing, all I want to do in year one is I want to break even. And if you keep your property in that rental program for 10 years, years two through 10 is all profit then. So, but what we're seeing is some of the best companies out there are actually getting their CAC recovery in less than four months. So all it takes is four months to break even, and then it's profit from month five, six, seven, eight, all the way to year 10. You know what I mean? So it's a, again, I would argue there's not a better ROI on the planet for a vacation rental manager than to get new inventory. If you think about it, you can spend so much time and effort to try to get, you know, a couple extra reservations or, you know, twisting the, the knobs to get it, you know, get a couple extra dollars on revenue management, which are all important strategies. Don't get me wrong, but you can move the needle over here and add 10 new properties <laughs> and you just added $500,000 in lifetime value, you know, uh, you know, to your bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. As I say, we, we hadn't been doing this. And in, in the in the last two weeks. And I mentioned to you this morning that we we just bought in a list of eighteen thousand very uh, high quality leads from oh, yeah. source that we knew was out there. But and and the, these are leads of people that are absolutely interested in our market. We know they either have a property in uh, in our cottage country region because they've been out there buying cottagey style things for it. You know they've been. They've been buying docks and decks and boats. So, uh, and also those are owners, they're potential owners, a lot of potential owners on that list. So, so just sort of break yeah. down that, that list of 18,000 that we're going to be well, working on. What, what yeah, are we gonna do? I mean, oh yeah. So first off, it, it all starts with data. Data is one of the most important parts. So, you know, inventory, we just actually created a learning studio, a YouTube channel and our first session was on inventory metrics, which you'll put the link on there. And guess what our second one was? Data. <laughs> and, you know, data target list. Because without a good data target list, it doesn't matter how good your marketing is if it's not hitting the right target, right? You could, be set, you could have the prettiest postcards and the prettiest digital marketing and everything else. If you're sending it to the wrong target, it doesn't make a lick of good. So data, 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 it all starts with data. So I'm so glad when, you know, in, in Canada, you know, we, we struggle to get data. It's, it's challenging to get it. So the fact that you were able to get that list and leverage that list is absolutely huge. So what we're going to do, uh, working with you, is we're going to do an omni-channel marketing approach with that data. So we're going to hit them in multiple ways. We're going to hit them with direct mail. We're going to hit them with email. We're obviously going to be you know managing all your uh, pay-per-click campaigns. Uh, we're going to do uh, list-based retargeting, you know, through social, so we can actually upload that list and then uh, do direct targeting through uh, all the social channels, whether it be LinkedIn, whether it be uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, and so on. Um, and then, you know, do some other, you know, really kind of creative things. We can actually do IP targeting directly to them, so serve up display ads directly on their uh, on any of the sites they go to if they go to Weather Channel, ESPN, or whatever happens to be. So we're really going to, you know, go after those targets in this omni-channel marketing approach. And then again, track it though. We want to track the response rates. We want to keep tight look on uh, what's our CAC, our customer acquisition cost. 
we want to look at that CAC by channel too. So if we notice that we're getting a, a lower CAC on you know one channel versus the other one, we can kind of reallocate your budget, uh, you know, based on those response rates and based on those acquisition costs. Yeah, that uh, as a, as I said um, a minute or two ago, that it, it's been a real eye opener. We also talked about you know you asked me what were our referral channels, and we said well realtors. We have one or two realtors that already refer clients to us. And now in the process of creating data, a database of every cottage country realtor, what will we do with them? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we, we love realtors. I mean, realtors is still one of the best sources for deals. So, but you have to have a proactive approach, just like we have our owners that we're targeting. You have to have a proactive approach to those same realtors. Uh, we've done you know numerous campaigns, uh, direct realtors, but what we want to do and, and created specific landing pages for those realtors. And here's a little plug for a, a great software tool called Unbounce. Unbounce, you can create unlimited landing pages, but we'll create it specifically for our targets. So in one case, we're going to send out all this you know omni-channel marketing approach to the owner, but the other side, we're going to send out all this omni-channel marketing approach to those realtors, because what we love to do with the realtors is they're going to send us residual business, right? You know, it's typically as long as you perform and you're helping them out, help, you know, help them, don't sell them. But if you help them out, they're going to continue to give you business year after year after year. And, you know, it's not a one and done kind of a deal there. You know, you may end up getting a dozen or, or more deals a year just from one realtor. But again, mm-hmm. it's what can you do to provide value for those realtors to make them want to give you more business? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that because this is something, you know, we, we, want, we want to create, real relationships with, hmm. uh, with realtors and and I'm I'm just you know looking forward to getting that off and off and running so enough about us <laughs> you also mentioned something called unit economics what what is that yeah I mean and I'm really nerding out here but you know unit economics really in the the simplest form is you know can I make more money from a customer than it costs me to acquire them right so if I bring on a new property, and I make fifty thousand dollars. You know, what did it cost me? You know, to to acquire them. Hopefully, it's much less than that fifty thousand dollars. That's that's it. At it's kind of most basic level. And there's you know there's multiple you know metrics. I guess you can look at you know that kind of you know talk about the unit uh, unit economics. Well, the first one, the, the simplest, is ROI, right? Everybody knows what return on investment is, right? So if I spend, you know, going back to that example we talked about before, if I spent, you know, we sent out a thousand postcards. I've, my investment, you know, my CAC, if you will, is a, a you know a thousand, and it brings on a property that does you know fifty thousand dollars in gross booking revenue. My margins are ten percent of that, or five thousand. You know, it's a pretty clear you know uh, ROI, right? It's a five times ROI on that one property just in year one. You know, not even not even talking about the lifetime value, but really just that that year one uh, ROI. So now we're into this process with you. You're going to be tracking our metrics. So, what are the what are the major ones that you're going to be looking at? Right. So the the, the first is, well, first question we usually ask, and, and kind of when we went through the exercise is, okay, what are your margins? You know, and and people are like, well, I don't know what they are. Well, it's actually pretty simple. If you said, all right, what did you make last year? <laughs> you know, what was your total top line gross booking revenue? And you just divide those two and you can get pretty quickly what your margins are. So that's the first thing is what is your what is your annual um, what is your average uh, uh, profit you know, as a percentage? Second, what we want to do is look at your churn. We want to understand, OK, what percentage of your portfolio are you churning? 
And again, people always kind of give us this stare, like I have no idea. And then you say, all right, well, how many properties did you lose last year? What did you lose the year before that? And then we do kind of a percentage of, of those two. So those are the two things we want to start with is profit margins and then your churn. And then what we want to do is we want to look at, okay, what is your lifetime value? So you just you know divide those two to kind of come up with that number. And then we want to look at you know your months to recover your CAC. So we, we talked about this before. So if you know what your customer uh, acquisition costs are, you divide that, you know, and figure out where is that break-even point. And then really kind of the, the holy grail of all metrics is what we call the LTV to CAC ratio. And I know this a lot, but it's it's really pretty simple. It's like, okay, what is your lifetime value? What is your cost to acquire them? And you divide those those two. And that's you know, that that is really the holy grail. And the reason it's the holy grail is because it takes into account your uh, profit margins, it takes into account your churn. It takes into account like, you know, how long a property is going to stay in your rental program. And it also takes into account on the uh, the cost side is what is what is that customer, uh, you know, cost me to to acquire them. OK, so for, for those of you listening, that um, LTV to cap ratio, I'll put that in the show notes with a little explanation that Brooke is going to provide me. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's a, this is super, you know, boring for many, many people, but uh, I get excited by this stuff. But just just to give you a couple quick little notes. So the um, the target for the CAC to the LTV to CAC ratio should be about 20, 20 times. Uh, but uh, the best in breed or best in class companies are doing probably about a 40 times uh, LTV to CAC ratio. OK, I'm going to ask you for some some written examples and we'll get that in the show notes if that's OK sure. with you. That's your task. Um, but can I go back to Robert's question here? Uh, what He said, what's a good commission fee for a referral from a real estate agent? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, well, there's a couple ways, and I've actually done it both ways. So I, I've done it where we do actually pay referrals to uh, uh, agents. Uh, you have to be careful. It has to go broker to broker. you know. And then I've done it with other um, company where we, we don't recommend it. And the reason we don't recommend it is we're providing a ton of value for that agent to help them convert those deals, to help them close those deals. So, you know, they're making in some cases when, you know, I was down in Orlando, some of these commissions were $80,000, $100,000. And, you know, we're helping them convert those those customers, um, you know, so we really weren't paying uh, any kind of referral commissions. But, Robert, it really depends on you know, it depends on your unit economics, right? Go through the exercise, understanding, you know, what is the value? Um, we've seen, you know, in outer banks, I think the uh, the kind of the rule of thumb is uh, one week peak commission, you know, so whatever they make, you know, one peak week. So whatever they're making on one week, they're, they're happy to pay that out as a referral fee. But again, look at your, if you understand kind of what your, your CAC is, your customer acquisition costs across the board, and if a, a realtor is sending you a deal, uh, you know, you, you know, you can pay up to that or even more uh, in some cases. Uh, I like to leverage. I like to start not necessarily. I, I want to build a relationship with a realtor and be a tool for them that helps them close more deals. And again, show them the value of helping them close more deals. Show them the value of how, you know, maybe create a, a, a program like a referral program where you say, hey, if you refer any properties to me, I'm going to that property. Think of that property as a lead magnet for you. Right. So I'm going to put your name. I'm going to put a nice little tent card in there with your information there. Every inbound guest will get information from you uh, with your name on there. You know, promote that angle of it before you start actually just, you know, offering out money um, because that's really what they want. They want more deals. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and a 20, 30, $40,000 commission is, means a heck of a lot more than a, a $500 or a $250 spiff. 
Yeah, um, in here in Ontario, we can't do commissions. That you know, we can't pay commissions to realtors, and I think it's the same in in many. In, in, in a lot of places what we're what we do i mean we just launched our just launched our new website yesterday and on there we have a page of preferred vendors and we have our preferred realtors and we advertise they you know we, we just have a small ad on there for those realtors that we have these relationships with you know if they're sending us people then we want to send them people because yeah. i think for all of us property managers we I mean, I, I dealt with, I, I spoke to three or four people last week who were looking to buy a cottage in our cottage country area. And every one of them said, do you know a good agent? <laughs> so, of course, I'm going to refer them to those agents that have been referring people to us. So it's a real, you know, it, it's just a good relationship. Um, that's how it works for us. And yeah, that, that's just another method. I've got another question here. Actually, Andy Medic from Sea Change Vacation Rentals. Can you talk a little bit about owner acquisition strategies once you've connected with a lead? Different types of owner personas, how to connect with each. I've, I've got my opinion on that, but I'll throw it over, over to you first. Yeah. So, I mean, all right. So, really, realistically, once that lead comes in, you obviously want to provide value. You want to show, differentiate yourself, differentiate your company. And as you remember, you know, we, we went through the process with you. What did we do? We wanted to flush out kind of what set you apart and what made you unique and different over your competitors. And we call those your, your USPs or your unique selling propositions. So what are the things that set you apart, make you different than everybody else? We also flush out your uh, risk reversals. So risk reversals reduce friction during the buying process, make it much more uh, easier to uh, kind of get people to sign up and give them, you know, where they don't have any excuses uh, to not sign up. And then I, I like I like what uh, this uh, this person just asked you know talking about the different personas. So what we like to do is we you know we've done this before I think we've talked about this before is we we create our different personas right. So you have the first time Franks, you have the uh, purchasing Petersons and competitor Carlas and things like that. And what you want to do is you want to understand what are those pain points of those personas, and how do your USPs solve those pain points. So you're, you may go through a presentation with an owner and it, a lot of this comes out to asking questions, right? Understanding what are their pain points and specifically ask them, you know, what is it you're looking for? You know, what, what did you not like if let's say they are with comp it's competitor Carla and they're with, a com uh, with one of those competitors, what do you not like about your current management company? And then what you do is you highlight those USPs that, uh, from your perspective and your company that solve those pain points. And that's kind of the strategy that we recommend uh, that our, you know, the Vintory partners use to when they're, you know, presenting to an owner. I, I mean, we use something very similar. We have, we have our investor. There's three very specific types is the, for us. And, and everybody, every property manager is going to have a, the different types depending on where you mm -hmm. are. So we've got our investors who are becoming the biggest um, group at the moment. And, and they're, they're a very pragmatic data focused group. Mm -hmm. They don't have that emotional attachment and we actually treat them differently and we talk to them differently mm -hmm. than we do with the family group. You know, this is the person that's buying the second home because they want to have a couple of weeks to get their family together, but they want to rent it to cover the costs of, of the rest of, of the time. And, and we approach them in a very different way because they have an emotional attachment to the place. They yeah. bought because they want it. They're, they're the ones that are going to have, going to want to have grandma's old throw 
on a bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, every time. <laughs> and perhaps bring up some of their well-used stuff from their home. They look at it in a very different way. So we actually connect with them in a different way. At the moment, we've got one standard owner information package that we and I know, Andy, you use Touchday as well. I've used the Touchday platform for our owner information package, the, the package that goes out at the very beginning. And then we also use it for our owner manual. But I'm in the process of splitting these out. So we have a different approach for the different type of persona. Does that make sense, Brooke? That was well said. Good job. <laughs> uh, Andy also wants to know, what about the fee-focused Freddy? <laughs> Thief focused Freddy. <laughs> uh, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you do on Thief focused Freddy? That's hard to say. Yeah, there's there's a number of those that we don't actually take on. You know, I, <laughs> you, you pass on them. You, you send them to your competitors, right? <laughs> absolutely. Your 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 competitor is charging two percent less than you are. What are you going to do about it? I said nothing. Go with them. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, yeah, I mean, to, to me, I mean, we all know, we we all get that gut feeling when somebody comes, are because regardless of the lifetime value of a property, you've also got to feed into it the the lifetime issues that they're going to bring, and and we've taken on owners where it seemed like it was going to be, you know, economically a great decision. But then we've spent just so much on dealing with owner issues yeah. that it almost cancelled out the benefits. Um, we we, so we talk about that with our partners, right? You know, look, it's not just money, right? There's it comes down to a lot of other things. Like, do you want to work with this person? Do you want to be in partnership with this person for the next ten years? And and how much time and effort? I'm sure you, we've all had them, right? That owner that sucks up all of our time. It's usually the same one that doesn't get you know you end up not making a lot of money on, um, but really, is it worth it in the end? If you're you know you're, you're spending all your time just spinning your wheels with this one owner and you can't make them happy, you're better off if you can kind of do like a regression analysis and understand what are those key factors of those owners that typically you don't like. Uh, you know, we we actually recommend almost having like a, a scoring grid when you are actually interviewing uh, new owners. And, you know, set up those questions that, you know, you know, maybe kind of flush some of these things out if you can. And if you get to a certain point, maybe it makes sense that you actually don't invite them into your rental program. I think that's a, uh, an important, important strategy. Uh, yes. Um, when we, <laughs> we still don't learn. <laughs> <laughs> After 18 years, we've had to let go of a couple of owners this year that have only been with us for a year or you know, possibly yeah. I think one of them has been with us for two years. And, and if we go back to the discussions that we had at the very outset, all the factors were there mm-hmm. that, uh, that would point to this. And I'm, I'm, I'm afraid it, the fee-focused Freddie, gosh, I got that out, the <laughs> is definitely one that I would step back from and, and be a little concerned about. I mean, if we're going to talk about that, I, I, I saw a new owner a week ago. And I went down to see the property. Uh, one of my questions is always, have you rented before? And, and it was a great property, very, very nice owners. We sat down, we have a good discussion. I said, have you rented before? Well, we've just done it. We've just done it to our friends and family. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been okay. 
but we want somebody now to manage it for us because we want to get some more rentals, you know, a lot more rentals, and we want to take the hassle out of it, which is fine. I hear this all the time. We all do. Yeah. When I went back to the office and I, you know, I'm doing my research on you know, the comparables. I'm looking at what the rates are going to be. And, and I come across this same property listed with another manager. <laughs> and, and that's an immediate, that was an immediate, you know, if I asked you the question and you didn't give me a response because I don't know about, I don't know what your thoughts are, Brooke, on taking on properties that come from other managers when an owner is dissatisfied with their manager and they seek out another one. I mean, we're always very, very wary of this. Well, I mean, look, there's, there could be issues with that management company, I guess, you know what I mean? And, and there could have been certain things that they didn't do, but you know, a red flag for me, you know, what I kind of, what we recommend kind of in our questionnaires, uh, you know, for our partners to ask uh, prospective owners is, you know, have you rented with another uh, management company? And then you ask, you know, push back and, you know, what about before them? If you see the, the, the to me, a big red flag is somebody that is flipped from one company to a next to a next to a next, you know, you're just going to be a, a brief uh, pit stop most likely, and they're just never going to be happy. Um, so sometimes that's a good, uh, that would be a very high uh, point value <laughs> for not signing them up. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm very aware that, you know, that there the can be clashes, there can be personality clashes, relationship clashes, and, and I, you know, we've had them and people mm-hmm. have moved on. Um, because something's happened and, and, you know, the relationship has, has fallen apart. So I understand that, but it's, uh, it's always something that I take a lot more time over. And would you, here's a, here's a question for you. Would you go to that manager? If you know them, if you're in a network and ask them, what was your relationship like? You know, this person has approached us. Yeah. I mean, I think it's almost kind of like uh, interviewing, you know, people for your, your, your company, you know, hiring them. If you know somebody, it's like that reference check. And I guess it ultimately depends on how well, you know, that other management company, uh, if you want to, you know, reach out to them. But I mean, we had in some of our companies uh, that I've run before, you know, we had great relationships with our competitors and I'd have no problem doing that. And people would reach out to us and you can kind of give them the, the, you know, give them the truth and, you know, be honest with them and let them know exactly, uh, you know, what's, you know, what they're getting ready to get into. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's let's go back a little. Oh, did you want to? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, one thing I just thought of that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't take into account also with the value of a new property is uh, the value at exit, right? So not, you know, some people may decide to, you know, sell this company. Some people may decide to sell their, or, you know, hand off the management company to their, their kids or, or, you know, the employees, but a big portion of, of people are going to probably sell, you know, the company. And there is a value of every single contract that you sign up when you go to sell your business. So don't don't only think of it as the profits that you make along the way, but think of it as the, you know, hey, every one of those contracts has a value when I'm getting ready to sell the business and that could help with my retirement. And I think a lot of people uh, really don't look at it that way. And if you do look at it that way, then that that LTV to CAC ratio even increases even more uh, because you're going to get a nice... Uh, a nice chunk of money for every one of those contracts. And we have um, a gentleman on our team, Dylan Burgess, who runs our M&A team. And he can tell you almost to the dollar, you know, what the value of that property will be when you go to sell your business. Wow. And and again, that's something that I hadn't really 
given a great deal of consideration to maybe because I'm not considering selling the business, but I, Mm. but I know, I know (laughs) that Mm. you should always be considering selling your business, right? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's part of your potentially as part of your retirement and whether you're selling it to your kids, whether you're selling to your employees, you know, at a certain point you're, I mean, I know Heather, you're going to go on forever, but at a certain point, you're probably going to move on and not be not be doing this for the rest of your life. Yeah, dream on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is there anything else you want to add? And then I, I want you to talk a little bit more and let everybody know what Vintory does and, and how you can help them like you're helping us. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would say just really, you know, understand, you know, the value of a new property into your rental program, not only from the, the profit margins that it throws off over in one year, but the lifetime value, but also what is the value, you know, if you go to sell your uh, sell your company, what is the value of that one property? I think you will look at every lead that comes across completely different. And I think you'll look at every single potential deal uh, completely different as well. I, I actually, I presented a couple of years ago at a live res conference and we were talking about, and this was on the guest side, but the, you know, what is the, what does it cost just to get the phone to ring on one lead? And I think, it, you know, I think in our example, it came out to like 40 bucks. So I actually got $40, two $20 bills, and I lit them on stage to prove a point. I said, that's what it's like every single time the phone rings, <laughs> you know, is that 40 bucks. So I said, you will look at every lead now a little bit differently, won't you? And uh, I think that's a good, uh, good way to look at it here. But yeah, understanding the value of a new property. Uh, into your program, I think would be the biggest thing for the kind of takeaway for people to think about. Oh, one other thing I just wanted to mention, and, and this is something that we've we've been tackling for a long time, and, and I know you're going to help us out with this as well, and that is that whole cycle from lead through to onboarding. And, and because I, I know that we get leads that come through the telephone, they come by email, they come at busy, busy times, you, we answer maybe, send out an information pack, and then don't follow up because we don't have a route, you know, just simple plan how to follow up, you know, let make sure you call back in 24 hours, et cetera, et cetera. And I know that's simple, but we just haven't managed to put it in place yet. Yeah, so we, so oh, that's a great point. So we, we're actually developing our own software right now that actually does this. So this is a CRM with sales and marketing automation built into it. So uh, that's, we're, we're developing that and that should be ready for release pretty soon here. But you don't need to, you know, have something fancy. I would recommend, um, I'm a big fan of uh, HubSpot. So HubSpot is a great CRM. It's free forever. Uh, you know, their basic, you know, just CRM feature. If you want to upgrade, they can do some of the marketing automation, but it just really, you, you set it up into five or different, five or six different stages along the way. And just, you process those leads and HubSpot and most CRMs have the ability to do, um, you know, sequences and kind of automation. So as it's going from one stage to the next, it'll automatically do these drips, it'll do these follow-ups automatically for you. Like the technology we're building actually has the ability to, you know, do automated, uh, automatic email follow-ups. It'll do text messaging follow-ups. Even when you drag it into kind of like the, they give you the okay, you drag it into the contract out, it'll automatically fire off a contract directly to them. Um, and it really, you know, it just makes that automation of the process so much easier. Uh, and it, uh, you know, it's going to help again with your conversion rates, which is, you know, pretty critical. Yeah, I, I will. I'm looking forward to that that coming out because 18 years we've been doing this, and there's been nobody out there that is just concentrating, of very very focused 
on owner acquisition. And it's a bit, it's interesting. It's a bit like you know, talking to Jesse from your team. And she mm-hmm. was saying, look at our new website and saying, wow, you know, you, you're actually, you've actually got an area on your website specifically for owners and so many don't. And I know Andy Medic, Sea Change, um, who's listening right now, he's he has a similar thing. You know, you're not going to get as many owners if you don't let them know that you're there. Exactly. And it, 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 again, it blows my mind. I've been to many, many sites, uh, you know, property management sites, and they do maybe have an owner page on there, but they, they haven't really looked at it like a lead funnel, right? Like what they need to do to actually capture those leads. So again, if you think of the value of a property, you will look at that landing page much differently. And there's and this is one of the first things we do. I would say that's probably the lowest hanging fruit we see because you have you're naturally going to generate traffic of prospective owners are going to go to your page, and they go to, they try to find that page. First off, it's very hard to find for most companies to find where you even do it. And then even if you do have that page, is it a good lead funnel that's actually capturing their information? So is it? you know, following the best practices of a landing page, right? So having a form above the fold that actually asks the information, you know, providing kind of what your, you know, your key USPs and features and benefits are, you know, uh, those risk reversals, trust icons, forms of social proof, right? So showing, you know, uh, quotes and references and case studies from your your other owners. Um, there's, you know, there's kind of a, and I, we actually have, and we can uh, share this with you, Heather, it's a, it's a landing page kind of best practices uh, infographic, We'll uh, share with you and put in the notes afterwards here. And it kind of talks about that. But there's some some key things you can do. That is probably the the first thing that I would do if I recommended uh, anybody to improve their, their current traffic that's already coming to their website uh, to improve that you know conversion. Well, I just uh, can't leave you without mentioning Southern Comfort Cabin Rentals, CJ Stam. I know that uh, he, w- he was up there on stage with you at the uh, VRMA. That's right. <laughs> That that amazing session where you had to open the doors to the next <laughs> room to let more people in uh, just 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 goes to show how important this all is. Um, <clears throat> so I'll, I'm going to put the link to Southern Comfort Cabin Rentals in in the show notes for the podcast and and in uh, down below in the YouTube's. Just go and have a look at that and see what that list with us page says. And you're just because this is a perfect example and i i believe he's, he's one of your clients anyway right yeah so it's cj is a great guy great friend and he is actually what we call partner number one he was the reason we started this company it was really uh for it was because of cj it was me david Angotti, who i know you know you know very well and uh, west melton and cj were all close friends we were we we're sitting down in blue ridge and i was trying to think of uh, kind of my next venture and uh, it was uh, David Angotti that said, Brooke, you know, this industry needs more than anything is a sales and marketing agency to help, uh, you know, managers grow their inventory. He's like, you have the story. You've got the history. You've done it. You're positioned better than, than anyone on the planet to do this. Why don't you do it? And CJ literally raised his hand. He said, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. And that was literally the start of it, you know, March of uh, 2019. And, uh, you know, fast forward today, we've got over 70 partners. Uh, and it's just we're growing super fast and it's just it's been unbelievable. And again, it's it's a business problem. And that's what we've done. And uh, we're we enjoy it. We're, we're I would say we're the best on the planet at doing this. And uh, it's it's a, it's been a fun, uh, fun ride. That's for sure. Can you just say what uh, what type of company that your service is is best suited for? Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of 
I don't want to say I hate this question, but it's it's one of those things where we have partners that are brand new startups, literally with no inventory because they want to get ramped up. And then we have some of the largest companies in our industry. We've got V-Trips, you know, we've got uh, Doug Brindley, we've got uh, Casago, you know, with thousands of properties. And then we have the average, you know, company with 100 properties. So realistically, I mean, every single company, and then obviously you, you know, as a partner, it's like any, you know, anyone that wants to grow, um, that is actively looking to grow their inventory, I would say we're, you know, we're a good fit for. But with that said, even though we have one partner uh, that said, Brooke, I never want to have more than 100 properties. But what I want you to do is every year, take my bottom 10% of inventory and replace it with my top 10%. And I want to stay at that 100, 100 number every single year. But if I do that, I'm going to increase my gross booking revenues, um, you know, considerably, and I'm going to increase by my, my margin. So he's like, I'll probably in within five years, I'll double my revenue and I'll probably triple my margins by, by staying at 100 properties. Yeah, well, it's I mean, certainly from my experience, I've, I've been blown away with how you guys have done the data collection. Um, not least of which was getting on a call with you the other day and finding <laughs> Five faces staring at me. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we bring the whole team for you, you know, and that's the thing. It's like we have 30 people on our team focused exclusively on helping our, our partners grow their inventory. And this is where this is where I get like chills down my spine. It's, you know, look, it's it's kind of this, you know, David versus Goliath. If you look at these large companies, you know what I mean? These venture backed companies that have hundreds of millions of dollars behind them and the proactive outreach that they're doing. What we do is we bring that that venture capital like marketing plan to go out there and get inventory for you, but we bring it to the average mom and pop shop. So we allow you to go toe to toe against those big guys, you know what I mean, and win. You know what I mean because you're nimble and you have you know better uh, better things to offer than than they do. Um, so it, it really kind of levels the playing field, and that's the part that gets me so excited. Well, that's that. That's great. This has been a fantastic conversation. I know we could go on. Thanks, Patricia, for saying such great information. I'm a bigger data nerd than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm getting there. I'm I'm getting to be a little bit of a data nerd now. I'm impressed. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, you just watch this space. So, how can people get in touch with you, Brooke, and uh, and talk to you about Vintory? Yeah, so they can just go to our website, Vintory.com, V-I-N-T-O-R-Y.com, or email me at Brooke, with an E, uh, at Vintory.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Uh, as I said, you know, there's going to be a ton of stuff in the show notes. And if you if you just caught this at the end of the live session, you can go to YouTube, not absolutely right now, but in a day or so, and check it out on there. So, uh yeah, I've got some work cut out with for me over the over the weekend before I, I have another meeting with you guys next week. Really excited about the way we're moving forward. And of course, I'm going to bring to everybody, you know, how we are progressing with this. You know, I'm wanting to use this as a, as a case study. Uh, certainly, as as I we were talking earlier on about the property management pro, the pro, property manager pro course that we had to abandon in February because this little COVID oh, thing. <laughs> this little thing came along and we're going to be relaunching that. And I, you know, so happy to say that Brooke was going to be a partner with us on the owner acquisition side of that course. So, uh, so watch this space for that as well. Sounds good. So, well, Heather, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. 
It has been an absolute pleasure. So I'm going to end the broadcast. I'm going to talk to you a bit more after this, but uh, but thank you for thank you guys for for tuning in. Um, you please stay in the you know put any more comments into that Facebook group, and we will get back and answer them. And thank you for those who did ask questions, make comments. It's always great to hear from everybody. So thank you, Brooke. Thank you, Heather. Appreciate it. Oh, wow, Brooke, that was amazing. Thank you very much. For those of you who are there on the live stream, you know, it, it's it's just nice to have this just sort of like a fireside chat, which is exactly what we were doing and covered all those great metrics and just imprinted on me more. The reason why we're going through this exercise with Vintori and building up our owner acquisition strategy. So I do encourage you to go to Vintori.com, go to their, their YouTube channel. Uh, there's some great uh, videos on there. And definitely check out the one that I've put on the show notes, which is the sort of basis for the conversation that we've, we've just had. And it's actually taught me a lot. So I did mention towards the end of that, that discussion about the property management uh, professionals course that I had produced, I'd spent a lot of time on that over last winter and through into the early spring and through into January, February. And we finally launched it at the end of February. And you know what happened then? So it's been in abeyance since then, but I wanted to let you know that I am now working on relaunching the Property Management Pro course, which is going to be called PM Pro, oddly enough. And I'm hoping to get that launched in November, which means that anybody who is interested in doing this course can do it in the quiet months, perhaps before the busy start of the season. And maybe before you start thinking about how you're going to grow your business. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more about PM Pro over the next couple of weeks because I'm tweaking what I did over last winter adding in some new material, perhaps shortening it a bit because we started it out as a 12-week course. And I think that was probably a little bit daunting for, for people. So trying to bring it down a little bit, maybe to six to eight weeks and having the, uh, the, the potential of being able, so you can be able to buy into just separate modules of the course. So you don't have to buy the whole thing unless you just want to start from the beginning and work all the way through. So they're all going to be standalone modules. So please watch out for that. That's coming to you very, very soon. And I'd love to know who's interested in that. So that's it from me for this week. I'm heading off to do some more owner acquisition homework right now. And I will be back with you again next week. But don't don't forget, if you like this, if you like that format of the Facebook Live and going out on YouTube and the podcast, can you let me know? Can you perhaps send me an email? Tell me what you like. Let, let me know who else you'd like me to interview live on Facebook. Okay, I'm done. I will be with you again next week as ever. And hope you have a great rest of your day. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.